Just a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by Shamrock Sun, your new big-ass bottle of sunscreen. Check them out on Instagram at shamrocksun.com and also newly available on Amazon. This episode is also brought to you by Menard Premium Detailing, the ultimate, the premier, the best auto detail service in Bucks County. Check them out at menardpremiumdetailing.com on Instagram, on YouTube. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Now let's go. Let's let's cut to the chase. Episode 38 of Thoughts from the Shade. Uh, coming at you here on a Tuesday evening. Um, lot to get to. lot going on. I was just saying to Bob before we fired it up here. You know, this pod has almost been a blessing for, like, sporting news. We we started out last summer. Eagles were supposed to have a down year. They were run into the playoffs. Uh, we brought in James Harden, another superstar, you know, right as football ended. I mean, we got to take all the credit. But, um, yeah, a lot, lot going on, a lot, lot of NFL news just popping off today. Um, what's up, Bob? You're back from Pinehurst. Why don't you just fill us in on the weekend a little bit? Or the week, I guess. Hurting, man. Full full week away from home. Uh, the uh, you know the golf trip started with a, a quick round down at at, uh, at Duke University. So we were there before the bloodbath that North Carolina uh, was able to uh, induce at Duke. A, a lot of hype. We were actually talking about going to the game. So obviously, it was down there for a bachelor party. We we're talking about going to the game. Tickets were five k. Wow. Did uh did, did was there a Coach K speech after the golf round saying it was unacceptable? <laughs> oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. So we we played Duke, gorgeous course. Um, you know, obviously, you know, still kind of coming out of winter, so it wasn't in kind of you know perfect shape, but uh, really a tough a tough course. Didn't play all that well. Um. You know, still took home a little bit of cash from from the playing partner, but uh, but only only ended up shooting a 94 at Duke. But uh, you know, we got down there early. A buddy and I drove down a day early. We 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 you know stayed over in a hotel, uh, you know, the night before and got a Duke round in early, and then and then made the rest of the trip. So we were one of the first guys down, you know, at the house. And uh, the following day, we ended up playing Mid Pines. Now, gee, I know you haven't played that Donald Ross course, man. Let, let me tell you something. Gorgeous course, but holy hell, you know, similar Difficult. to yeah, similar to Lulu in like July. Nothing was holding on the green. Um, and since and since the course wasn't like baked out and it wasn't summer, you know, it wasn't like you could use that G strategy of bumping it up up the front of the front of the green because the balls would just sit. So really, you had, you had to leave it, you know, probably about. 10 or 15 yards short of the pin and hope that the pin was in the back. Played pretty poorly there, 95. Then we did we did a day at Pinehurst. We played, uh, or sorry, we played number three later that evening. So we got 36 in. This was on Thursday. On Friday, we did the cradle in the morning, then played number one. Um, and, and and remind me to come back to number one because we we have to talk we have to debate gambling etiquette folks this this is a oh, major, no. major topic but 
at Pinehurst, obviously, you know, you've been there. It's such hospitality, right? They're tagging, they're tagging the bags for you. They hold the bags overnight, the whole thing. Great people. You know, it's almost like Disneyland for dudes. Um, they obviously want you to come back. But a buddy of mine uh, was talking to a guy there uh, as we were leaving that day. And he said, oh, what are you guys playing tomorrow? Are you guys coming back on site? What are, you, are you playing two? Are you playing four? And a buddy of mine, Bill, said, no, we're actually going to go play Tobacco Road. And uh, so we get back to the house. We're having a couple beers. And, and my buddy Bill was relaying the conversation he had with this gentleman at Pinehurst. And he said, look, if you're going to Tobacco Road to have a good time, you'll have a great day. If you're going to Tobacco Road to put up a number, you're not going to have fun. Well, gee, I told my buddies in the moment, I said, well, guess I guess I'm not fucking having fun tomorrow, boys. Get up one of a fucking number. We are going low. Let's go, man. And that you did, right? Yeah. I mean, unreal course. I was so hyped. You know, you heard the rumors. Is it Star Wars golf? Is it, you know, too much target golf, too many blind shots? It was like a fucking religious experience out there for the bomb. Um, didn't start so hot, you know, uh, started bogey, 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 double. So five over through four. Played the next te- next 14 holes at six over. 43 on the front, front 39 on the back. Had a, had a slight chance at a, a sub-80 score there going into 18. Needed a birdie, ended up doubling it, but... uh Birdie 16 and 17, finished up at 82. So felt felt really good. And and you know my buddy Bill was a stick. He shot a 78. And he was he was like blown away by the bomb. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Um early in March and and the guy at Pinehurst, excuse me, is is telling you that that you're gonna have a you're gonna have a tough go if you're if you're gonna post a number. Well, fuck him. You went Went and posted posted a number in March, man. I, I think you got good things on the horizon uh, this season. It sounds like. Yeah, and we actually we had a threesome. We had, we had two threesomes there at uh, at Tobacco Road, and uh, obviously, I mean, with a nickname Bomb, I'm the longest guy off the tee. But we're we're playing actually with a uh, with a Division One female golfer. She was playing the same tees as us, and she was only about ten or twenty yards. Uh, you know, behind the bomb. She was out driving some of my buddies. Wow. You know, it was interesting because, you know, you always I'm hear sh- the room. I'm sure she didn't out drive you one time. Oh, yeah, of course. One, one, or, one or two times <laughs> when I didn't get into one. But come on, I was hitting fairways, hitting greens. But no, the, uh, there, there is something to that, that, that rumor that uh, you play a little better when, when, when you play with better competition because – you know, between her, between, uh, you know, my buddy Bill who can play, you know, it, it definitely helps you pick up your game. Yeah, I, I wish I could say the same. You know, I've uh, I, I've played well with, with bad guys. I've played terribly with good guys. It, does, I, it doesn't add up for me. Um, I played last Wednesday and played played pretty well. I feel like it just depends on, like, the company, really, for me. It's not really about the skill level. Um I played last Wednesday, good buddy of mine, hit it pretty well, it was a nice day, and then I played yesterday, Monday, it was windy as hell here, and uh, struggled a little bit, um, but I thought the company was good good there too, so I, I don't have a, a uh, you know a formula for, for that, whether I'm playing well or not. 
I, I will say, I mean, ha- obviously having been a baseball player, I've seen pitchers do some interesting things in a bullpen and either pitch poorly or pitch really well. It seems like there's never any rhyme or reason between like how you feel going into a an outing or a round. We, I was so sore because we played 36 the previous day, um, like really sore. And on the range, really just was kind of just trying to swing it at like 80 or 90 percent just because of like tightness and everything. I took maybe 20, 20 swings, G, and I turned around to one of my buddies. I'm like, this is the best range session I've ever had. I'm like, wow. if it doesn't happen today, it's not going to fucking happen. I feel like I'm always the opposite in, in that regard. Like, even playing sports when I was younger, I feel like with basketball, like if I was throwing up bricks and warm-ups, then I would come out and, and have have a good shooting shooting day. And, like, pitching in baseball, if I felt like shit, you know, warming up, Um it was totally opposite. Like when I, when I went out on the bump. So yeah, I, I have golf is just a complete mind. Fuck. Um, I just show up, try to keep a good attitude, have a good time. And you know, if you hit them well, great. And if not, it's not, it's never the last round of golf. Well, it may never be always be the last round of golf, but it may be the last time you're able to get some action with somebody. Cause I want to talk a little bit about this gambling etiquette. Get your take. Yeah. So, and- Go ahead. Before you go back to number one, would you would you say Tobacco Road over what you've seen at Pinehurst? <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm a little biased. I played my best my best ever round there. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's all it's all nice. I mean, I've seen seen Pinehurst and that's fun, but haven't played two or four. But when you're down there, you kind of see it all. Um, so this this guy this guy who designed Tobacco Road I was getting filled in by a couple of my buddies and and done done some reading on it uh, on my own but he he didn't design too many courses because he ended up dying early I think of like cancer this guy Mike Strantz um so he was a uh, designer came up in like the Tom Fazio group then went off and did his own thing um but he only has like nine or ten courses to his name so it's it's almost like a little bit more exclusive. And the way it was designed, the way it was like explained by some people was like, imagine you, you know, like dropped acid and then designed the golf course. Like that's basically what this guy did. Um, wow. But you know, it was. Some people don't like target golf. Some people don't like blind shots. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed that round, and um, you know, I looked up some 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 info on this guy Mike Strantz and. Uh, Here's how he describes golf. I'll give you a little insight here, G. I'll read you the quote. What an incredible and exciting game. It is enjoyed equally by players of varying abilities and ages and the game's parameters, the beautiful theater of nature, which is always ready to test a player's eye, determination and wits. Nothing in golf is more exciting than pulling off a shot you thought was beyond your capabilities, a shot you will remember for the rest of your life. Well, I had a couple. Of, I was punching through woods on the greens. It was like unbelievable. There's no out of bounds. So if you can find your ball, you play it. It was incredible. That's awesome, man. Now let's 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 hear the gambling etiquette issue. I'll I'll issue the ruling. Um, so lay it on me. So we're playing the cradle early on. Uh, Action on the cradle, baby. Par three. For for well, anyone that doesn't know, it's it's a all par three. What is it? Nine holes. Yeah, it's nine holes. Yeah, well, we had we had we basically played for lunch. Um, you know, we played a warm up round, then we put when we went out again, and the second round was for lunch. 
and during the midst of the cradle session, you know, they have the, the, uh, the big bar built on like between eight and nine. So, you know, obviously being there on a bachelor party where we, we finish up, we're getting ready to finish the first, the first nine at the cradle. And, you know, a guy orders a, you know, round of transfusions at, uh, I don't know, I guess like nine fifteen in the morning. Um, so these are stiff. Uh, the same buddy then goes back up after the third hole on the next nine. There's another round of transfusions. That same individual now at eight the second time orders uh, a, a whiskey and coke. So you know, a whole, over the course a whole of, round, a whole round of whiskey and cokes too. Just for him. Just for him, right? Okay, and uh, so we're at. You know, we go to we go to eat lunch. Which, by the way, I mean, you want to talk about a sign? A sign from God. What's the restaurant called at Pinehurst? Deuce. Deuce. Is it called Deuce? <laughs> it's called Deuce. That That's a bad me. omen for you, brother. But I, I didn't play well there. Yeah, I, I should have known when I walked into Deuce that I was about to get screwed. So we play, uh, we, we finish launch. We go out and we're playing number one. And we want to get a lot of action. Well, I'm paired up. Uh, with my buddy Bill, and uh, we're we're getting ready to uh, to play with the bachelor and his partner, the gentleman who was sucking down these transfusions and these these you know Jack and Cokes, and you know we want to get a little you know better ball match play in, you know better ball of the group, and uh, so anyway we settle upon twenty five twenty five fifty. Hey now, so you know enough to spice it up, but not gonna not gonna break the bank. Uh, this individual who was sucking down, um, you know, Jack and Cokes, I also gave an over under to at like 90, I think it was like 98 and a half. Oh, boy. Uh, this individual proceeded to yak on the first tee box. Oh, my God. <laughs> and fire off like a fucking 96. <laughs> wow, I wasn't so, expecting to hear that. He, he made it I through, got huh? They closed us out on the front, the back. My partner had a serious back issue. Um, so I got popped for 150 bucks from a guy who was slugging, you know, Jack and Cokes. So I wake up Saturday. And we're this, was fr- this was Friday? It was Friday. Okay. Wake up Saturday and we have our 10.50 and 11 o'clock tea times at Tobacco Road. And... Uh, you know, I, I, I said, well, look, let's let's roll this. Let's roll over this action over to Tobacco Road. You know, knowing that the bomber was coming in big, he's going to put up a number, folks. All right. Here's the important question before we get get into round two. Did you square up a- after the Friday round? I squared up. OK, three fifties right from the wallet. Three crisp boys. Good on you. Very well done. Um, uh, this individual proceeds to tell me and I quote G. That money's off the table. So what did you want to play for? They only wanted to play for over under on their score. Like a sleeve of fucking balls or something? That money's off the table, but I'll bet you 50 bucks on my over under. Nah, that's that's terrible. Uh, I mean, I don't mean to be like mean or anything, but... No, no, no. Is, is Give me guy, your unvar- is, we need your unvarnished take because I was the, going nuts. Is that guy broke nuts. or something? Was is that like the most money he's seen in in 
weeks or months or something like no 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 not broke definitely plenty of cash just you know no etiquette this was a guy who was who was marking uh, not marking his golf ball on the green putting first uh you know rolling up two putts i'm sitting there trying to putt he's rolling a second putt like oh i i misread that putt let me drop another ball and putt like what are we doing that's terrible that, that's completely unacceptable like that guy's next from any round of golf I'd be playing again. Don't don't bring his ass to the loo. So I ended up taking the action for for the over under Tobacco Road. Uh, it was set. I don't know why it was set. He threw the number out there, one hundred one point five. And he shot ninety six the, the day before. Yeah. So he's he set. He set yeah. his he set his Friday line at ninety eight and a half. Yeah. And he went under. And then he yep. bumped his Saturday lineup by three strokes. Yeah, now it, it is a, a much tougher course, but I didn't know that there were no OB. There's no OB. There's literally no OB at Tobacco Road. Okay. Like you just play, you play, you obviously you got to find your ball, but there's no OB. Um, Sounds like a good track for me. Everything's, oh, it'd be a great track here. Everything's a waste area. You know, it's like you can ground your club. This guy grounds his club normally in the bunker. You know what I mean? But <laughs> anyway, sets it at 101.5, shoots an even 100. So I rip an 82, kick this fucking guy's ass by 18 strokes, and I'm the guy that's got to rip a $50 bill out of my fucking wallet? That hurt. That hurt. I think I would have refused payment at that point. <laughs> like, like I, I think I just would have told him, like, yeah, I'm in on, on your action, just knowing that he, he's a sandbagger and a complete horse's ass. And then when and then when he when he won, you know, the, the so called wager, I'd have said, Go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> Is that because so I mean, am I wrong in saying and I had to explain it to this guy and get buy in from the other guys in the bachelor party? The action needs to be you need to be able to provide the action consistently. You can't you can't win a bet and then walk away from the table. I mean, imagine you played a hand of poker, you take your chips and you go home. Yeah, no, no, that would be like, yeah, going to like a, a card game, like a cash game and showing up and winning the first big pot and then just bouncing on everybody. Hey, like it's that, fucking bullshit. And I, I I, don't think I know one guy that, that that has ever done that to me or like, I've never heard something like that. You're on a golf trip, the action's all weekend. On a Saturday? Yeah. That's the crown jewel of, of days. Because he because he won 150 bucks on Friday. Wow, that's yeah, that's it, tough. It hurt. It hurt. I had to rip him. The rest of the guys ripped him. That's it, now. Still, is that is that like a friend of a friend? Like you know, a different friend group of the bachelor party, so to speak. No, or uh, no. this is this is a guy you've you've known for some time. Yeah, a guy who's who's trying to get back into golfing after not playing it for a while. I'll give you I'll give you another story, right? So we're playing. Well, is he short on clubs? Is that why he's holding the cash? He's, he's looking to invest in some new equipment. <laughs> no, he's got perfect cavity backs. He just ripped from dicks. Uh, <laughs> um, we played tobacco. Obviously, we played tobacco road, and there's a signature hole that's like their logo, right? Uh, so he bought a hat in the pro shop that has this hole on the patch on the hat. Um, it's like a dogleg right uphill uh you know i think it's a, it's a part five right so i i hit something up right past the bunkers uh into a deeper bunker chopped out laid up 
and then hit my approach shot. Well, this guy banged one left of the bunker, so away from the dog leg, and everybody laid up. Myself, Bill, the 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 college uh, golfer, she laid up. Everybody laid up. This guy's down near the the bend of the of the uh, of the dog leg, and um, he's got a club in his hand, and he goes, "Am I good to hit?" And I said, "Yeah." And he fucking rips one over the green with an entire group standing on the green. Oh, my God. So, so I mean, it was a great, great Were you shot. breaking his balls, telling him to hit? Great shot from, like, 210. But, like, you know, the question can't be, am I good to hit? The question needs to be, is the green clear? Uh, uh, you, you assume? Everyone assumed. Everyone you assumed nodded. he was lying up. Yeah, everyone nodded in unison. Yeah, dude, you're good to hit. You're the last one. <laughs> everyone else laid up. So Bill gets out of the cart because Bill was driving, this other individual. And he gets out of the cart. He goes, I'm not driving up there. I'm not associated with this bullshit. You drive your, <laughs> you drive yourself up there and apologize to those fucking guys. Did he do it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah At least yeah. he skied it, I guess. Yeah, it was, uh, dude, it was like. It wasn't like you rolled up on somebody. <laughs> he fucking hit the back fringe of the green right over their heads. So this guy's two ten out. He's hit. He's hitting greens and he's or he's flying greens and he's he's asking to for a ninety eight and a half line or a one hundred one and a half line. Like, who the fuck is this guy? You know what? Bring him to the loo. I'll beat his ass and put him in his place. Oh, let's go. Will he provide action? That's the question, folks. That that's just unbelievable. Yeah, we'll get him to Lou. We'll we'll uh maybe we'll do some some GV GV uh this guy and uh maybe maybe you can give him a little lesson in the in the gambling etiquette. Yeah, there's there's no lack of experience. Um there's a lack of winning, but no lack of experience in the gambling department for me. Now the last thing I gotta ask about the strip. Said it's a bachelor party, but you keep talking about that this this girl was playing with you guys. So what somebody bring their wife or <laughs> we got paired we got paired up with a single. Okay. Um so no, it was a uh it was a uh you know, a college golfer. I guess they were on spring break and all of her friends went to like Nashville to party for a week and she was like, Yeah, I can't not hit golf balls for like five days. I need to stay sharp. Damn, you gotta yeah. respect the grind, man. And I said the same thing. I said, look, I don't, I don't have a job right now, so I feel the same way. Um, I need to stay sharp. That's why I am playing golf for an entire week, waiting for the weather to warm up in the Northeast. That's incredible, man. <laughs> well, we're glad you're back safely. We're glad you're, you're here on the pod and shared that fucking nonsense, man. Yeah, that's a viol- That's a total violation. Now, I got to, uh, you know, change gears really quick because there was some news that surfaced before our last episode, and I meant to bring it up on, on episode 37 because I think your take on this topic needs to be heard. Um, so I believe with all the the end of the mandates, the mask mandates, the vaccine passport requirements, whatever you want to call it, all the COVID stuff that's been going on and the restrictions. I feel like they've recently been lifted and the city of Philadelphia 
announced that Center City Sips will return in this spring slash summer. Um, for anyone that's not familiar, Center City Sips is just like a citywide happy hour on, I think it's on Wednesdays, so it's like during the week. Oh, it's Wednesdays, all right. Gets pretty rowdy. Um, you know, we're past our prime, so I, I don't think you'll be seeing us down there, but did it a time or two, went to work the next day, was miserable. Um, just something that's not totally for me, never really was because I'm soft. Um, but, Bomb, just your, your thoughts on Sips and uh, Sips coming back. Like, should it, should it have just been gone for good? Yeah, I think post-pandemic, I don't know why we're bringing this back. Um, it's disgusting. It's It was disgusting before COVID. Uh, and I don't say it because it's it's a bad concept. I say it because of the type of clientele you get at this thing. So, believe it or not, there was a time when the bomber lived in Philadelphia. And believe it or not, there was a time when the bomber would take the uh, you know the subway north up to that godforsaken tower owned by that goofy corporation that has driven the flyers into the ground, Comcast. And stand there and suck down these $5, $6 mixed drinks. And you can't help but people watching at, at these types of things, G. I mean, I'd love to get your take on this. But, you know, I'm not going there after work. Uh, I'm not going there. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm literally rolling up in, like, what I'm wearing now, a T-shirt, maybe some, like, golf shorts. Or even, I, mean, I think there was a couple times I rolled up in basketball shorts. Um and wow, that's bold, dude. You roll up and you see like these twenty-three or twenty-four-year-old punks dressed up like they're on the fucking defense team for OJ Simpson. I mean, it's five thirty at night. It's ninety-six degrees up out, and these fucking punks have a necktie tied tighter than the fucking casing on a sausage link around their fucking neck, and they're all there like there's some big hot shot. Uh, you know, uh, talking to all these women and all the girls are dialed up. They got the makeup caked on. It's pouring off their face because it's 95 degrees out. And we're all standing under a tent sucking down a, a $1 off beer as if it's some great thing. It's a fucking ripoff. It's a gimmick. It's stupid. And um, like, you don't need to dress like that. Like if everybody just dressed in tank tops, shorts and flip flops, don't act like you're coming out of the freaking courtroom. I mean, I don't disagree, but but to an extent, you got you you got to realize that people are working in Center City and just go straight from work. Or, well, then take the fucking tie off, douchebag. Are you kidding me? You got to wear the tie all the way. The, the double Windsor tied up around. The, they don't even let the top button down. Gee. I mean, hey, that was that was a place for uh, you know some young professionals to go put some work in and. You know, maybe maybe meet somebody. That's where you're incorrect. I think the guys, I think the guys who dressed up like that would go to work, go home, put their suit on, and go to Sips. <laughs> That's and we'll we'll see when Sips comes back. Like, if these suits still exist, like, do you guys work from home at all, or are you in the office five days a week, pal? Because then we'll really know what's going on. Yeah, this is this is going to be a big year to to. You know, spot the uh, the frauds at Sips because I, although you know a lot of restrictions have been lifted, I can't really imagine that everybody's going back to work in the office full time. No, absolutely not, and there's certainly 
They're certainly not wearing suits anymore, dude. But you know They're what like else? Blue lemon. You you know what else there's going to be there? There's going to be like the people with the offices in the city, and they're going back on a limited basis. I'm going back on Wednesdays because it sips. <laughs> That's so fucking true. Just, just dying to get back in the mix, you know. Uh, is there any way I can come in on Wednesdays in the summer? I, I can do a half day in the office on Thursdays, but I, I want to work from the shore on Friday. <laughs> yeah, they do sips on Wednesday. Then they go down to shenanigans on Thursday night. Then Friday, they do a half day at the shore. Then they're, sit, they're sitting there at happy hour. A lot of half days. A lot of, lot of, oh, yeah. lot of, lot of hard workers. A lot of HHDs, horizontal half days on Fridays after sips and some shenanigans at the shore. The other thing at sips, like they'd have you believe the beers and the drinks were free. Yeah, uh, it's really not. A, it's really not a deal. Not a deal at all. I mean, I especially with the price of everything today, I'd be really curious to see. Uh, you you could really go blow some cash in, in a night down there. These beers are on special. It's five bucks. There's a lot of the you know we we always throw out the term daddy's debit. There's a lot of daddy's debit cards getting swiped at Sips. You think there's like a, a contingent of maybe seniors at a at, at temple or other surrounding city schools that, you know, the, the guys get, get dressed up, the shirt and the button down. Maybe they just came from the career fair and they're hopping on the train and yeah. ta- taking daddy's debit to Sips. Yeah, with a fresh resume from FedEx Kinkos in their front pocket. Like, come on, guys. You know, so you want to you want to throw a polo shirt on and some and some uh, golf shorts and some flip flops? Be my guest. But why are we showing up like we're Johnny Cochran in the courtroom? Man, I, w- I would pay to see you down there co- coming up. We should your, we should go here. do we should go do a man in the street like, like live event and walk up to these jabronis and ask them what the, what do you excuse me sir what do you do for a living? That would be hilarious. I don't know if I could bring myself down there, though, man. Maybe we get the maniac down there and do some content for the boys. He would do it. I know you. You know he'd never pass up the opportunity. <laughs> Just unleash the maniac. It sips. That'd be something. But yeah, the uh, the fraud meter will be might might be high with you know the the remote work environment that that is prominent now in today's day and age. But just had to get that. Get that from you, Bob. Um, I mean, what do you want to get to next? We spent Christ a half hour here talking, talking golf and sips and BS. Why don't we talk some sports, man? I mean, I think you mentioned to me. Do you, do you want to get to to the baseball stuff? Yeah, I just want to talk. I just want to briefly touch on and get your take on, on the the news that the uh, Players Association and Major League Baseball have agreed to ban the shift. I think starting in 2023, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, now, I, I don't know what form that's going to take. If a guy needs to be, you know, a half inch on his side of the of the, the bag or if it, you know, is at the start of the pitch, at the end of the pitch. But I wanted to get, obviously, your take and give you my take. I mean, I don't know. I just think it'll restore a little bit of the historic. Uh, could, when we grew up. And Doug Glanville's hitting a, a six hopper, you know, towards the camera at Veterans Stadium. You know, it's a fucking hit. And it seems like now a guy hits a, a, a hard ball up the middle and it's like right at the shortstop. So 
I mean, I, I don't know how you feel, but my opinion is this will be good for the game. Hopefully it restores a little bit of the the watchability. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, we don't want this shit even flowing down to high school. The shift. We're going to move all our guys to this side of the field. It's like a, a pussy way to play for these teams with no payroll like Tampa Bay. Damn, you really think so? I mean, I know you're a huge baseball guy, but man, I thought I really thought you, you'd, you'd be swinging the other way here. Um, really? First of all, I think it's a fucking disgrace that, you know, we just had the first two series of the, se- of the regular season postponed. Like the first two series. What is that? Six games? Like, hell, it's h- hardly a week. Like, like that's the only thing that's going to be delayed. That's how they, they put that bullshit out. And then you get you get that news and then they're coming out telling you that oh well we're, we're going away from the shift and we might be implementing a, a shot clock for pitchers i mean why why the fuck are we hearing about this right now when these guys aren't even going to get on the field uh in in a timely manner this season but aside from that i mean i think it's trash i like i i get that you know the, the tradition and to your point about like if you're watching baseball on TV and you don't see the shift and somebody smacks a liner like right over the pitcher's head or you know hits one right between his legs you think it's a base hit and then there's you know Joe Schmo standing there right behind second base making the play so I get that part of it but at the same time like there is a strategy to it and like these shifts that they put on like the shift that they used to put on for Howard um, I think they put on a pretty gnarly shift sometimes for for Bryce Harper, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But like some of these shifts leave an insane amount of space open on the baseball field, so these guys got to learn to hit it there. That, that's that's my take. I mean, it like think think about Ben Simmons in, in Game Seven. If somebody's gonna give you that look, that layup, that dunk, like a wide open look, you, you're gonna take it, like. And Ben forces it out. Like, that would be like, you know, Howard or Bryce, you know, just hitting right into the shift. And I know it's a little bit harder to control where you hit the fucking ball. But, I mean, Christ, if you you have a guy playing the hot corner and then from between second and and third, aside from one guy, is wide open, learn to fucking hit it there. Make him pay. I mean, that's easy to say. But you're forgetting about the second, like the second and third degree consequences of the shift. So... Like, yeah, if you shift and a guy is pounding you away, I think a major league hitter is going to have the ability to, like, shoot a ball the other way. But these pitchers know now know the zones that these guys have holes in their swing. They're going to pound you in uh, when you're getting shifted. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, you know, spin these sliders, the off-speed stuff. So what do the hitters do? They know they have no chance to hit a ball hard the other way. Um, so, so, so basically they just decide to drop the back shoulder and, and go for launch angle. And it, I think the shift has inadvertently shot strikeout rates way up. Um, and I also think the shift also in some ways it, it unfairly penalizes left-handed hitters because of the fact that if you're a right-handed pull hitter, um, they're not throwing the ball to third base to get you out. So, um, you know, they almost need to leave a guy over near first to, to, to make that play. The other thing about being a left-handed hitter, I know a little bit of something about this, as do you. 
you know, I'm not fleet of foot. Um, being a left-handed hitter, there's another, there, not only do you, sh- do they shift, there's another fielder that can make a play in the pitcher. So if the ball's pulled to the right or left of the first baseman and he's got to dive or sprawl for it, well, now the pitcher's running over. And, and the greatest example of this, you know, we talk about Ryan Howard, but there was another guy who played for the Phillies briefly at the end of his career. Um, Jay Bruce, power hitter, no, uh, <clears throat> no real speed to speak of. And his, if you look at his career s- splits from the time in which the shift kind of started to the end of his career, it, he's like two different players. Uh, in 2015, it, it looks like uh, the shift was used around 10% of all pitches. And um, through 2021, it was used 33% of the time uh, of all pitches. And for a guy like uh, like Jay Bruce, his batting average to his pull side from 2008 to 2014 was 432. It dropped more than 100 points from 2015 to 2021. He lost 107 points off his pull side um, batting average and 92 points on his batting average on balls in play. So you have this strikeout rate that goes up because guys just need to realize they need to hit the ball over the wall. But then when they put it in play, they're being unfairly penalized. His uh, his his career bad. I mean, there's some debate here that uh, that Jay Bruce would be a borderline Hall of Famer if not for the shift on the second half of his career. They say his 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 stats and his splits would compare pretty favorably to a guy like Andre Dawson, but instead his numbers look like someone like Dan Ugla. So you know it's easy to say hit the ball the other way. I, I don't I don't disagree. I think if it's high school or college, you bunt, you slash, you do whatever it is you got to do to get on base. But for these big leaguers that are coming out of the bullpen from the left, particularly from the left side, right? These left-handed hitters are getting shifted and then they're facing 98 in on the hands from a left-handed pitcher. Good fucking luck. We need justice for lefties, man. I mean, I, yeah. I, I see your point, like in terms of, um, like entertainment value almost like I, I get that. Like we'll get some more offense. Um, and, and same with, with the, the pitcher, <clears throat> the pitcher shot clock, um, help move the game along. Cause you know, pe- people complain baseball is slow, it's boring, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, at the same time, we don't ban 3-2 zones in basketball. We don't ban, uh, well, prevent defense. I mean, people still fucking go right down the field on that shit or anything. Like, there's no other strategies that, that are banned in other games. And I just think that that's, like, kind of bizarre. And I, I think it, as hard as it is to to hit it the other way if, if you're getting pitched inside and so forth. Like, I think that's just part of like a chess match in terms of being a manager, being a player and strategy. So, I mean, I see both sides. I, I don't really care that much either way. I mean, if it's going to, you know, pr- uh, provide more offense and baseball, then, then sure. Maybe, maybe it'll be exciting and we'll be getting more pitches in. We'll be getting more, more hits in, uh, you know, less, less ground outs on, balls in the gaps. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's not a huge deal, but I just think like, how about we get on the field guys before we start talking about the fucking shift and the yeah, pitcher I, shot I, clock. I, I agree. I mean, but if there, if there's an ability to hammer out an improvement to the, to the sport as a part of this deal and they have to, and I think let's, let's be clear here. They're not doing this to improve the viewership for the fans. 
they're not doing this to improve the viewability of the games or the pleasure of like watching a game on a ball. So up. true. They're doing it. Let me tell you why they're doing it. The MLBPA, the Players Association, is sick and tired of teams like Tampa Bay who are paying guys nothing and exploiting like the one or two good things they could do on a fee- on a field, like on base percentage or fielding percentage. And and they're employing a statistically driven shift to beat big payroll teams. That's why the players association wants to wants to ban this. They want more players making more money for more teams. That's just the cold hard facts. Yeah, and it'll it'll drive, you know, players offensive numbers up too, so they'll be able to barter for more cash there too. They really ought to think about lowering the mound too because the the stuff of these pitchers is just stupid. I mean, you want to talk about the shift, that's great, but you know, is is the is banning the shift really going to stop a guy like Joey Gallo from striking out thirty three percent of the time? Probably not. Um, so at some point, maybe there's some rule changes that need to occur on offense. Like, is an out worth like, is an out worth two, or is a strikeout worth two outs? Like it, it used to be like it was a disgrace to strike out. Like guys would feel like totally like you know pro pro baseball players felt like they were a failure if they struck out. Now these guys think it's, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to bang the ball over the wall. And if I swing through the ball three times, no worries. So, I mean, I think some to your point, like some of this is on the hitters. But are there other rule changes that need to occur to, to drive a, a better product? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I never really considered the shift. Uh, my playing days, I had some success on the mound, but I, I didn't have much success at the plate. I must have grounded out to second base you know, 500 to a thousand times in my life and there was no shift. So, um, you know, maybe if there was a shift, I would have found a way to, to hit it through somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, I didn't face the shift. I was just a bum, but I have made my, myself clear. We talked about the grenade on the last episode. If, and when the grenade shows up, the grenade will be a right-handed hitter because, if you pull a ball hard on the ground to your pull side and you're the grenade and you're a right-handed hitter and the guy dives to his left or to his right, he then has to stand up and throw the ball across the diamond. And even if it's a bad throw, you know, in like youth sports or high school or college, they go, oh, that was a tough play. That's a hit. But when bomb rips a ball to the right side and the first baseman lays one and freaking whips his hand up, and that fucking little pussy pitcher comes running over and throws his little glove up and just taps on the bag while I'm still standing in the fucking batter's box. I mean, that hurts, dude. Yeah, it's a kick in the dick. Like, the few times that you do hit a hard ball right at somebody, they have the easiest play in their life to make to get you out. Yeah, you don't want to be a left-handed hitter. I know. and every, That's like an old thing. Though. Like, people were like, oh, throw right, bat, left. That's the ultimate combo. All bullshit. I think it's complete I think opposite. What a bullshit these days. I think it's complete opposite, especially as a pitcher. You'd want to throw lefty and as a hitter, bat righty. That's right. Cody Ross, man. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't really, really care that much. And I, I think it's a strategic thing. But if it's going to make the game more exciting, then, then fuck it. Do away with it. Anything else on the shift or, or on baseball? Let's get this lockout, you know, finished up. Let's let's play some freaking games here. And by the way, we were talking. I was talking about this with somebody else the other day. This commissioner needs to go, dude. Like, 
Man you know, fraud. They, yeah, they had the opportunity to be the first. Now he, obviously, he butchered the Astros thing. <clears throat> like, I'm not even talking about that. But they had the first. They had the opportunity to be the first sport back after the pandemic. They fucking wasted that. Like, that was pathetic. I mean, I think that was a fireable offense. And now this, a year and a half later, it's pathetic. No, I got nothing to add. I'm with you. But, um, I mean, what do you think? Should we head over to the gridiron? Talk talk about... Let's do it. I mean, we talked about gambling etiquette, you know, in regard to golf earlier. And I guess Calvin Ridley doesn't understand the NFL's player gambling etiquette because this guy... This is a guy, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, you know, former, I shouldn't call him a former star, but, you know, he's had uh, had a few big years in his young career, and I think he played maybe six or seven games this year for Atlanta before taking a, uh, a leave of absence from the team for mental health issues. Uh, and then it comes out this week that this guy was putting Falcons money lines or spreads uh, in a couple of parlays in November of 2021. So uh, he's suspended for the entire 2023 season. Um, I don't know how you feel about the suspension, um, but he was he took to Twitter to explain that he doesn't have a gambling problem. He only bet $1,500. Uh, I believe there were some other tweets that went out there. But, um, I mean, how dumb do you got to be to play in a league bet on it and do it on like I think he was on FanDuel or something wasn't he so it's all it's all traceable back to him um really really pretty silly stuff uh from Ridley I I, I don't know about a full season suspension but Bob let's let's just get your take well he wasn't playing um I think it's bullshit how they're not releasing his picks like I need to know if this guy's got winners you know what I mean? Like, especially if he's out for the year, like, can we fade or follow Calvin Ridley? For the, like, if he's out for this year, he should be able to gamble. And I want to be able to watch him. And I want to be able to follow him. But you're right, just a total idiot. I mean, he was out for quote-unquote mental health, right? Like some mental health. Everyone's got mental health. And then he's betting $1,500 in these games. You have to ask the question, what's going on in Alabama? I mean, not that not that what Ridley did was illegal. Obviously, it was it was it was banned by his employer. But what's up with their receivers? I mean, I'm a little worried about Devontae. Not that I think he seems like by all accords a pretty bright guy with a great head on his shoulders, works hard, won the Heisman, all that. But like Ridley, Henry Ruggs, like what is going on here? Not a good trend. Uh, so we gotta, you know. Keep Devontae in check. Uh, I don't know if, if Howie can stick someone on him or, you know, shack him up with Jalen Hurts. Another guy who seems to have a good head on his shoulders. But, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I think if, if he is out for for the entire year next year, I mean, he's he's got to go like the college route kind of and go, go for an NIL kind of thing and, and start, start a little gambling show because I, I would love to know what he's on and – uh you know, maybe fade, fade or follow Calvin uh, as he sits out for an entire season. Yeah, they should do that. And the NFL is so, such hypocrite. I mean, all the other people have mentioned this, like the NFL just being so hypocritical, right, with gambling commercials every two seconds and, you know, their official, their official gambling partners, et cetera. How can you suspend a guy for a year 
but not provide the public the information we need to understand whether or not the games are 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 legitimate. So, for example, was Ridley gambling with inside injury information from his own team? Has that been answered? I haven't heard that. Who 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 was he betting on? I just know he had parlays and he had the Falcons in them. So, I mean, unless he was totally disconnected and not, you know, at the facilities and at practice and stuff, um, I'd imagine he'd have a little bit of insider info on, on the injuries. But if he's being honest and, and only bet 1500 bucks, I can't, I can't say that that's like the worst offense. And I mean, you talk about hypocrisy. Um, I mean, you look at some of these guys in the league that, you know, have committed violent offenses against women or children, and they got a couple of games. I mean, this guy sprinkles a little cash uh, because he's sitting on the sidelines and he's get, getting an entire season. Just seems a little outlandish. What did, what did Ray Rice get from the jump? Was it two games before the video came out? I believe it was two games, yeah. Because he showed remorse with the commissioner. So Calvin Ridley should have just, like, you know, kissed the ring. Yeah, if if Ridley can can go to Roger Goodell's basement where he broadcast that, that virtual COVID draft that one year when we were down at Pinehurst uh, and, and maybe show up, you know, with a bottle of lotion and, and tug him off one time, uh, you know, he can buckle up the chin strap next season on time. The other, the other thing is uh, his his former teammate and buddy. Well, I don't know if they played at the same time, but they had to be in the same room. Um, you know, Devontae Smith, his big sponsorship. I mean, I see it all around the link. I think the Eagles are, you know, uh, th- this company sponsors the Eagles. And, De- they, you know, Devontae Smith is one of their sponsored athletes. Life brand. Right? Have you heard about life brand? You, it'll catch and delete your old social media posts. Maybe the next logical, you know, the next logical build out of that tool is, can you catch and delete my bets? Like, <laughs> sounds like Ridley need a little bit of that. That would save a lot of guys we know with, uh, you, know, you know, their old ladies and their wives. That's that's right. That's right. What's that called? Life bet. It's called uh. No free ads, but. Life brand, yeah. Life brand might be worth looking into. For the tweet you forgot to delete. <laughs> Don't press send. Now, how about the Falcons too? So, like the other the other thing that was interesting is Ridley was rumored to be on the move. Yeah, and they just, they just didn't. I mean, obviously, I think the league would have stepped in, but they refused to negotiate, like with any type of trade partners, about Calvin Ridley just out of good faith. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, I feel like it's respectable now. I mean, I feel like Bill Belichick would have flipped them for like a sixth already. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that that's that story would have been brushed under the rug by by him and Robert Kraft. He yeah. would have been shipped out of town probably for something cheap, like a sixth rounder, like you say. Like it wouldn't have been a big big deal. You just it would have just been like a what the fuck kind of move, and then weeks later it, it would have came out that he was he was. Throwing in some some bets. Yeah, or the, the article would have broke with the deal. Calvin Ridley banged for the entire season. Patriots trade him for a seventh rounder. 
And I'm like, of course, they'd go get some like rangy outside linebacker who's going to be like their edge rusher for the next 10 years. Crazy. And then I, I don't even want to name drop the fellow that, that put the video out. Um, but some somebody compiled a, a few plays of Ridley's from from uh, earlier in the season when he was still playing, and he, he's kind of doing doing the the Tyreek Hill esque, you know, cutbacks and going backwards. But there's one where he catches a ball against the Chiefs, and he looks like he's absolutely gone. And it's to me, it's pretty egregious that this guy, you know as you like to say about Jalen Rager puts on the blinker and gets horizontal and ends up getting tackled. Um, I, I don't know if there there's really any legs to that could be complete shit, but I just thought it was interesting with that information dropping that he's betting games. Uh, and then when he was playing there in the year, he was taking some awfully interesting angles and routes uh, after catching the ball. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you mentioned Rager because I thought the funniest tr- tweet out of this entire situation with Calvin Ridley was uh, was sent by this account at underscore Team Russ. I, I know nothing about this guy. I can't vouch for anything that he puts out. But the tweet that he had was the best tweet I've seen in a couple months. At NFL, Jalen Rager was betting too. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that too. That's great. But no, I mean... And not not to double down and, and to get into a controversial topic, but it, I mean, this is a guy that that went out for mental health, and, and then I mean, I mean, could you could you make the case that he does have a mental health problem for the for the lapse in judgment in, in doing something like this? I, I don't know, but just really bizarre. Um, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at mental health dipping out. I see these clips of him taking some crazy turns, you know, carrying the football, and and then he's apparently betting games. So I don't know. Every everybody is uh, innocent until proven guilty, and and everybody else can form their own opinion. But just just seems a little sketchy to me. Yeah, well, you know, compulsive gambling and gambling addiction is like strongly associated with bipolar disorder. So. You know, I don't know if $1,500 rises to the level of that. Um, maybe that was just the story that they put out to the public. But who the hell knows? A lot of these uh, mental health disorders, you know, the real ones, are closely associated with, like, gambling as well as, um, like, impulsive shopping. Like, there's, 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 there's some real stuff that where, you know, people have ruined their lives financially due to, you know, these different mental health disorders. Now, I, you know, I obviously can't speak to Calvin Ridley, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I think a lot of players use, use that, that kind of umbrella term mental health as an excuse to act like assholes. And, um, we've seen it from Simmons. We've, we appear to have seen it from Ridley. You know, he, the fact that he even tweeted, like, I don't have a problem, Like, dude, what are you doing? Where's your agent? Yeah. But I mean, when you come under the gun and into the spotlight, the last place you want to go spouting shit off is is Twitter, man. But we'll see what happens. I'm sure there will be, be more to come. Uh, I don't know if he's going to appeal the suspension, but that's that's a long, 
long time to sit out, but I guess he doesn't really want to play for the Falcons anyway, so it might might work out in in, in his own favor or interest there. You know, all the all the gen all the Gen Z fans, you know, the Wentz worshippers, the Simmons slurpers, you know, you know what it'll be this time, you know, over the next couple months. How we should do a deal for Deshaun Watson and Calvin Ridley made, and they'll be doing the mashup, so the mashup highlights and the jersey edits on the social media. Look at this, man. These these guys would be unstoppable in 2025 when they can get on a field together, man. Put put the Kelly Green on them. Yeah, fucking jokers. We'll get the Kelly Green back by then. As too. they say, the best ability is availability, G. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, I guess. Two other big big moves today. Aaron Rodgers inks a four year deal with Green Bay, so he's staying put. Um, I want to say one fifty three, hundred fifty three million guaranteed, two hundred mil total. It's a four year deal. He's staying put. I believe they exercised or, or placed a franchise tag on Devontae Adams, so he's staying in Green Bay as well. And then you've got Russell Wilson headed to the Mile High City. The Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I believe it was a couple first-round picks, a couple second-round picks. Uh, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and I believe one other player uh, was the return for Seattle. So, I mean, sounds like sounds like a haul, but, I mean, I think just the important thing and, and kind of want to get your thoughts, Bomb. Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, Russell Wilson to Denver. Um, you just mentioned Deshaun Watson. Just just now, um, I really don't think he's an option, uh, and I'm not interested uh, as an upgrade for for the birds uh, on Hertz. But I mean, what, what do you make of these moves, and is there any impact on us right now? I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't seen the the Seattle Hall. If you're saying it was two firsts, a couple second, and like a bum backup quarterback, like couldn't we have offered that? I mean, we could offer three firsts, or or two and a second and Hurts, right? I mean, isn't Hurts better than Drew Locke? I think so. And this quarterback, you know, draft class is shitty. So, like, is Seattle rolling with Drew Locke? I guess. I guess that's that's TBD, man. I mean, I think it's it's easy to say. Could we have done this? Could we have done that? Um, but I mean, he's not, he's not in the NFC. He didn't go to, to another contender. Uh, obviously Seattle is kind of trending downwards. Um, and I mean, what, what a, what a monster that, that, that deal kind of makes the, the, not the NFC, the AFC West. Now, I mean, you got Herbert and the chargers, you got baby goat and the chiefs. And now you've got. Russell Wilson on Denver. So, I mean, for all, for all the, the baby goat stuff and the early crown for Mahomes, I mean, he's really going to have to earn it now because you got Russell Wilson, who's one of the best veterans in the game in his division. Then you got Herbert, who's one of the best best young guns in the game as well. And then you got your boy, Derek Carr, as well. So, I mean, is that where we're looking now? Is that our only hope for an upgrade now or – is Derek Carr out of the picture now too? Because Devontae Adams got tagged by Green Bay. I don't know. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I was watching a lot of the combine this weekend with the boys at the bachelor party, and I saw a couple guys. I mean, that Malik Willis looks pretty good in tights. You know, is, where is that the he, kid from Liberty? Where does he Where does he fall, G? Yeah, the kid from Liberty. And there's videos of him like handing stuff out to homeless guys. There was another video of another guy doing stuff on the street. It's like, how, how much of this shit is just planted by the agent? Hey, man, go hand out a sweatshirt. Take a video of you doing some good stuff in the streets. It's like, what are we doing? It's not, it's not the most outlandish thing. I believe it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the bigger question here is who the hell are they bringing in a receiver? Who, for the Eagles? Yeah. Well, you had Amari Cooper get cut. They're talking about that. I don't. I wouldn't hate bringing him in. I wouldn't throw him the bag. I mean, I feel like the guy's kind of always necked up. But you definitely want a veteran. Uh, I think he's only twenty-seven, but he's definitely got some some miles on the wheels there. Um, I don't know who else is out there right now. Yeah, I mean, they need somebody. They need a big body, big Alshon type. Yeah, I mean, I guess. You just got to think of it as unless something crazy happens, Jalen Hurts is probably your quarterback in, in 2022. And you just pray to God that Roseman can hit on a few few picks there in the first round or wheel and deal maybe one or two of them to, to move up or move down or acquire some other player. I don't know. Um, but, but just use that capital to do, do what he's got to do and, make the team better around Jalen Hurts because I think, you know, after these two moves today, that's that's who it's going to be for us at least week one. Yeah, I think it – Howie, I mean, he's got three firsts. If he can find a way to wheel and deal on draft day, maybe a team like Pittsburgh needs a young quarterback and would want to trade you know, next year's first for this year's first and maybe they take a step back like – I feel like Cowie always does a good job of finding a partner who underperforms in the year in which the Eagles get the draft pick. And for a time, the Dolphins were going to be like a top 10 pick. They went on a bit of a run. But, you know, Howie always finds a dance partner, I think, that like maximizes the upside for the Eagles. And if they can like parlay one of these picks from this year into like an early pick next year, maybe Hertz is just the bridge guy until you find the franchise superstar guy. Um, I don't want any parts of, of really this Sam Howe. Uh, oh, Sam Howe. Sam Howe, so he had no help at UNC. He fucking stunk. I bet on him so many times. That kid's a punk. He stinks. Um, you know, I, I would take a flyer on Willis if he's there, but I feel like another team would want him more. So, hey, give us the, give us the, the, the draft picks for next year. Let's bolster the roster. Uh, See, that's that's like where I disagree, though. Like, I, I've heard that on the radio, too. T- people talking about this Willis guy, and you don't draft for current talent. You draft for his ceiling or, or what he might be. Could he be a star? I mean, we we have a guy who's kind of like a question mark that, that we made the playoffs with. Like, why are we going to expend another, you know, top t- top-end asset on, on a fucking lottery ticket who played at fucking Liberty? I'll tell you why, because they want to build a quarterback factory and they've done it before and they'll do it again. And Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman were embarrassed by their passing game in that playoff game against the Bucks. That is the reason why they would take a lottery lottery ticket. 
I mean, why not try to make another position better instead of taking a lottery ticket? That's that's like my thing. This ain't the year, man. This ain't the year. You got three first round picks. You have you have a team that made the playoffs with a guy that played like absolute shit in the playoff game. So what are you saying? I mean, if they so have, so I'm, I'm saying if they had a good enough team to make the to make the playoffs with a guy who played like shit in the playoff game, wouldn't you think they should replace the guy who played like shit in the playoff game? Yeah, but we're not able to now. Not with fucking Malik Willis out of Liberty. Not with Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. Are you going on the record as an anti-Malik Willis? You're going to say Malik Willis isn't going to have a strong career. No, I have no idea. But uh, I'm not ready for what we have, the position that we're in. I'm not ready to to blow another first-round pick on the on the quarterback. Well, the Packers did it, and they had Rodgers. Yeah, and why the fuck did they do that? First of all, that that Love kid stinks. He played one game. He was terrible. (laughs) And obviously, if he was any good, you would think maybe they wouldn't throw Rodgers the absolute fucking bag at age 38 or 39, whatever he is. They could have turned it over to to him by now. The only guy I would take would be Willis if he's there. I wouldn't touch Pickett. I wouldn't touch this Sam Howe. I would take a flyer on him if he's there, or if there's another team that wants to give me a haul to take him, that's fine too. But I'm 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 married to one guy. I would trade two of the first to move up, three of the first to move up, next year's first to move up. I don't know when this guy's gonna go. He's the only guy I want. Jordan Davis, number ninety nine. He's unbelievable. He ran a a, a four point seven eight forty. They put up the video of him running against Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston on the simulcast run. He blew him out of the water. This kid is unbelievable, and I'm in love with him, and I want him to wear the midnight green. He's what, 6'6", 360? I think he's 340. Yeah, somewhere in the neighborhood, but yeah, 478 on the 40-yard dash. Dude, he's he's faster than us. Yeah, oh, 100%. This guy would dust me. And, that, and then imagine, he probably chopped me up and eat me for lunch. Could you imagine that guy running you down from behind? Holy shit. No, nah, that'd be bad news. I mean, he'd you, be the perfect replacement for Fletcher. He'd be the perfect replacement for Fletcher Cox, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Like that's what I'm more interested in doing that right now. Doing something like that than pick, picking Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett or Malik Wells. I'm not hating on Willis. I'm hating on the class. Like it's a bad class. I think the entire draft kind of stinks. Like Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan is going to be the number one pick. I think that's kind of disgusting. Um, He got bullied in that bowl game. Yeah, exactly. I just think it's, I just think it's a bad draft. Um, I really, I think it's a really weak QB class. Um, But Hey, I've been wrong before. I just think for, for where we're at, you got three first rounders. Find a way to get Jordan Davis. Find a way to get an edge rusher. Find a way to get a linebacker. Or if you if you still don't want to prioritize linebacker, find a way to get another guy in the secondary. Or Christ, draft fucking Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson or Jameson Williams and get somebody next to Devontae Smith and give Hurts another weapon. I mean, you know, we got a we got a little something, you know. So just add on to it. Yeah, bolster the like bolster the O line. I mean that Wilson and Olave were 
burning, dude. I mean, how how fast was is their receiving core at Ohio State? Holy shit! Yeah, that, that's elite, there, man. It's no joke. You think they were able to run that quick because they went to freaking class or what? I mean, James Franklin, have you believe that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, they were probably reading books on how fast to run and how to run faster. <laughs> They were elite in the classroom, and that led to their combine numbers. What a clown, dude. You spend time in the library reading about running technique, um, you know, nutrition, those kind of things, and that's that's how you get faster, stronger, and play better football. <laughs> yeah. If it was that easy, I'd be fucking shredded. Right. Um, but, no, I mean, that's all I got on the NFL talk. Um I'm kind of surprised Rodgers is, is staying put after all, all the cryptic shit that he's been doing and saying. Um, I'm excited to see Russell Wilson in Denver. I, like, I, I don't know how you feel, but I kind of feel like Denver's like a fun team to, to watch and to root for. I think their home field is like a good atmosphere and stuff. I like the Denver uniforms, the blue and the orange. I think, I think it'll be cool to watch them. I could not agree more. Remember when the Eagles were playing that game against the Chargers and we talked about like the sun draped, like link 425, whatever it was like, there's something about that 425 game at Denver when everybody's chanting incomplete and you're ripping a Coors Light and you're watching the game and it's like a great, like the matchups are going to be awesome. Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, like it's going to be a great division. Russell Wilson's a proven winner. They have speed on the outside. Uh, you know, I don't really know what their defense looks like now that Vaughn is gone. Vaughn. But, man, there should be some intriguing matchups out there in the West. So look for a lot of those games in prime time and also on that CBS 425. Oh, yeah, Romo will be up there. Ah, Jim! That's ah, why they paid this. That's why they went out and traded all those firsts. <laughs> the other thing you gotta love is is like it's it's only like October or November and those guys playing a mile high, you can see the uh the smoke or the oh. clouds coming from from the cold from their breath. Oh, yeah. It's so great. The best. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's nice to see see something shake up a little bit. Um I don't know, do you have anything else you wanted to get to tonight, Bob? I feel like we we've been all over the place, but it's been enjoyable as always. Well, I didn't want to talk about this, but there was some late breaking news from Clutch Sports and Ben Simmons. Do we do we want to touch on the the fact that he's planning on fl- filing a grievance? Maybe you could give the people a, a rundown. Um, I mean, you you pretty much touched on it. I, I don't I don't I don't know it in detail. I saw it, you know, not long ago this evening that Simmons is going to file a grievance against the Sixers. Um. I'm not sure what what for. I guess because he lost a bunch of cash, lost on, lost out on a bunch of money uh, in his contract for sitting out all those games this year. But I, I I don't know what other case he could be making or what what kind of case he could be making. I mean, what's your interpretation of it? I think this is a setup. This is a setup so that he doesn't field. get absolutely hounded on Thursday night. No, I, I think this is a setup to paint the Philadelphia fan as the villain. This is a 
this is a false flag operation. He, uh, they're talking about, you know, filing this grievance. He hasn't traveled with the team their last two games, and he's going to show up on the sidelines in Philly to get bottles and beer and popcorn thrown at him the same week he files the grievance and talk about how, oh, I couldn't have played there. Oh, it, was, it wasn't good. I mean, this is, this is a false flag operation. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's complete clownery and and bullshit. I mean, how is this guy filing a grievance? He didn't fulfill, you know, the requirements of his contract. Therefore, he was deducted pay. But they're going to say there's a reason why he could not fulfill his obligations for the Sixers and why he was unprepared to go to work. And they're going to say it was because of the the work environment. You ever hear the ter- here's what they're going to throw out, ready? Toxic work environment. Hostile work environment. I was getting bullied at work. By the fans? Yeah, by Doc Rivers, by Joel Embiid and by the Philadelphia fan base. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid the guy that came out on opening night with the microphone and said, "Let's support our brother." Even though he didn't fucking mean it. You know he didn't mean that shit. You know, and then you hear the legacy media, you know, talking about, oh, well, maybe the, the fans should chant thanks for Harden, you know, when when Simmons comes out. Yeah, it's just like, so, what, what, know, what are we even talking about? Yeah. Like, why are, we ta- why are we talking about this? Like, the fact that, like, all you need to know about this, this Ben Simmons situation and people were, oh, is he going to sit on the bench or is he going to be in a box or is he going to play or is he going to not come at all? The fact that th- that that is even like the conversation that's being had about this fucking guy. That's all you need to know that we won the trade. We won the season by getting this fucking asshole off of our team and out of our city. And and that's it. Like, it, it's not about, Oh, what are we going to chant at him? What, how are we going to respond to him being there? Like just the fact that that's a conversation that's being had just goes to show that this guy is completely irrelevant in the scope of actual basketball. Yeah, totally irrelevant. But let me let me just let me just say one thing, and it gets back to Sixers fans in general. You know, they want they want to pretend like they're Philly tough guy fans, and they're as tough as Eagles fans, or even Flyers fans, or Phillies fans. Um, this guy totally held your franchise hostage. There was another guy who never who never suited up in Philadelphia that held, held a franchise hostage. Also being represented by a dickhead agent. The agent was, uh, uh, or I should say the player, was a guy by the name of J.D. Drew, represented by Scott Boris. He was drafted second overall by the Philadelphia Phillies in the, uh, in the late 90s. And Scott Boris said he's not going to sign for less than $10 million. And the Phillies tried to call his bluff. They drafted J.D. Drew. Uh, they refused to guarantee that contract to a college player. So J.D. Drew opted to play a season of independent ball instead of, instead of signing with the Phillies. Well, a year and a half later, he returns to Philadelphia on August 11th, 1999, playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. The game had to be stopped by the umpires to clean up the outfield, G. 
They threw everything at him, including batteries. So I'm not advocating for that. But when the tough guy Sixers fans talk about, you know, oh, we we really we really told Ben how we felt. Did you? Because, I mean, like, this guy held your franchise hostage worse than J.D. Drew. And that's how Philadelphia Phillies fans treated that guy. And I just I just find it like unbelievable that all these same people that are going to be there Thursday and that that are getting on this this bandwagon of we got to boo them, we got to chant this, we got to chant that. I'm going to wear this shirt. I'm going to bring this sign. You know, call calling up to the Cubs and everybody. Like at the end of the summer or after they lost to the Hawks, these were the same people that were saying, we got to give him another shot. He's a DPOY. He plays great defense. He gets rebounds. He's a fast breaker. These are all the same people that will be there Thursday night. Chin, thanks for Harden. Yeah, they're they're like a scorn. You know what I mean? It's like a scorn lover. It's like so yeah. bad. Um. I'll tell you, if if I could snap my fingers and make something happen, I'll give you what I would do. I mean, I don't know if you have an opinion on, like, if you could put a spell on the entire folks who have a ticket for this game and make them do whatever it is you want them to do, what what would you do? I was thinking when we were chatting about this, you know, at the beginning of the topic, I would encourage everybody to not even show up to Wells Fargo Center on Thursday night. Don't even go. Dude, I had the same thought. If he if he rolls up and nobody shows up the same way that he didn't show up for work, that would be the best picture ever. Like, not one fan entered the fucking arena. Not one boo. You know, not one uh, non-legal grievance in the building. That that's That's what he deserves. He deserves nobody's attention, nobody's time, whether it's positive, negative, Nobody should go. Yeah. But it is interesting that they filed a grievance or they plan to file a grievance before, you know, what what is supposedly going to be this hostile, insane welcome back that he's going to get and there's heightened security and this and that. I'll tell you what would be great if, like, and the Sixers, like, don't get me started on, like, their social media. And, like, frankly, these punks that run the social media of, like, our local teams are a joke. Like, Gritty's doing these funny inside jokes that I don't even know what they're about. Like, I'm a, I am watch hockey. I don't even know what's going on on social media. Like, I have no clue what the hell they're talking about. Um, the Phillies. You ever watch the Phillies highlights on Instagram? They don't even have the fucking score in the, in the, in the box. You can't even know, oh, Bryce hit another bomb. You don't even know if you're down 10 or up 10. They don't, even, they don't even put it in the social media post. We need here, as a Philadelphia fan, here's what I'm requesting from the 76ers. They need to do a tribute video to Ben Simmons. And like, you know, like, welcome home, Ben. You know, like they put it up on the Jumbotron. Like, the Philadelphia 76ers would like to welcome back Ben Simmons. Ben played for the 76ers from 2016 to... The Atlanta Hawks game, game game something. And like as a special thank you to Ben, we'd like to 
put together a highlight reel of his best moments. And like every fucking bricked free throw, the fucking passed up dunk, like all of his lowlights jammed into a video with the music and the hype and the flames. And then like at the end of it, just say like, Philadelphia 76ers fans, please get on your feet and thank Ben Simmons. Like that would be the funniest <laughs> shit ever, dude. Maybe get a couple of those emojis in there with the the smoke coming out of the nose. He, that was his big one. That yeah, that was his big smoke, one. Smoke the smoke in his nose after a missed free throw. Like, that, dude, that would be so good. Now he's wiping snot from his fucking nose with a tissue because he's crying. <laughs> Punk. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's uh, I mean, no no shock that he's not playing. Um. You know, some people race to buy those fucking tickets. I have no idea why. I think, you know, most uh, logical people all along knew that this fucking guy wasn't going to play Thursday. But we'll see. We'll see if he really does show his face and sit on the bench and have a Sixers faithful respond and and welcome him back. But yeah, I, I think the ultimate would be to. Everybody just party in the parking lot, you know. Maybe, maybe heckle heckle him on his his walk into the building, and then don't don't even fill a fucking seat in the center. Yeah, they can all go to X. I mean, they know Xfinity well. They're all, they're the Xfinity people, so just go to Xfinity. Yeah, man. Anything else to get to tonight? That's all I got, G. Man, that that was a lot. That was uh, we were all over, but hope everybody enjoyed. Um, as always, we'd like to thank everybody for listening. We would like to thank our sponsors, Menard Premium Detailing and Shamrock Sun. And wherever you're listening, you've got the few seconds it takes. Give us that five-star review. We will talk to everybody again next week. Take care. <laughs>